brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Oh, it is definitely time for more suds. Welcome to the suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I'm one of your hosts here at the table, good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table are good old gal Juliana. Cheers, everyone. Good old boy Dave. Hey, what's up? Good old boy Steve. Hi. And good old boy Mark. Howdy, folks. <laughs> That's the worst interpretation of a Brit, I tell you. Anyway, Steve and Mark are joining us once again from another podcast called Beer O'Clock, covering mostly beers available in the UK. He's also British and has questionable definitions of things that are humorous. Are you guys standing again? Oh, we're still standing. All the always time. standing. Yep, always <laughs> standing. We don't see it. Like two hours. <laughs> we'll let the uh, queen take a break here. Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings is the home of all of your beer, wine, and meat needs. It's home of the mystery box. What's in it? <laughs> you can reach them at www.craftbeerkings.com. Oh. Our sud segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. Uh, today is a brewery takeover episode of Founders Brewing Company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dave gets the honors of going over our suds ratings today, although I've never used the word honor and Dave in such close proximity to each other. That's so uh, uh, you're going to get to go over our suds ratings for today. All right, buddy. Getting, a little, getting on me a little quick there. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so today we'll be talking and discussing these beers and rating them with our Suds ratings and signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. I like how he's reading slow and articulating, right, Juliana? That's sure. how I read slow. <laughs> Number two, was that a belch? Three. Ah, what a relief. You think that's a British belch? No. <laughs> okay. I didn't hear the accent. Uh, four. <laughs> a body should really not make that sound. Now, Irishmen know how to belch like that. They do. No, that, that one was definitely a British belch. <laughs> and number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Well, there you have it, our uh, Sudge ratings here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Today's show is a brewery takeover episode. We're talking about one beer, uh, not one beer, we're talking about beer from one brewery today, and that's going to be Founders Brewing Company that we're going to be talking about. We'll talk about some background on Founders, generally make fun of all things in Grand Rapids, and oh, we'll actually taste beer and uh, rate things from, uh, from Britain as well. Thought we were going to make fun of the British guys and talking fake British accents. (laughs) 
No, I think actually uh, I've, I've queued up the fact that it's a British invasion of British flutes and drumsticks. Please, put your beers at bay. <laughs> Give it up. Put down those flutes. Our audience in the UK can only be insulted so much, and the Fuller Show actually pushed the limit of their measure of toleration. We actually doubled our listener base in the UK from four to eight people. <laughs> so, how fabulous is that? Wow. <laughs> because of those high-quality fake British accents. That's definitely what did it. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, we uh, <clears throat> uh, improved our odds there. I said I'd include a Frenchman in the count, even though he was just there on holiday in the UK while enjoying the show. So I'm uh, really glad that we uh, stepped things up. Oh, you know, take where you can. Well, well, look, guys, it actually reduced our um, base of listeners here in the UK after I appeared on the show the last time round. Um, although that being said, I can now walk into any pub and get a free pint of Fuller's as as long as I curse the uh, the wretched Yanks and their horrible <laughs> fake British accents. <laughs> Nice. Oh man, that is too much. Well, I mean, how would you know it's a horrible fake British accent? <clears throat> you, you, well, you just know. You just know, and, and I think everybody knows that the, uh, <laughs> the, the the benchmark is Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it could be a horrible British accent or a great. Australian accent, or maybe <laughs> there's no maybe, such thing as a great Australian yeah. accent. A mediocre South African accent, <clears throat> or possibly, well, I, my geography is failing me. So, <laughs> the fountain just beals from the frozen tundra of the Grand. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't yeah, do yeah, that, that was, again. Yeah, that was sorry. a terrible British accent. <clears throat> I know was. my London, London pithy poshy. Anyway. Wow, was that Julia Childish? Uh, yes, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty pitiful, though. Definitely. Hey, the founder spears from the frozen tundra of Grand Rapids we're going to discuss today are All Day IPA Session Ale, Centennial IPA, Founders Porter, Pale Ale, Dirty Bastard, Rubius, Rubius. Where it's in some grand debate. Goza. Anyway, <laughs> Gozea. Blushing Mug, <laughs> Conundrum Moldale. And we actually have one surprise. We have a little bit of time to talk about a very special beer from Founders if we get to it. So <clears throat> so we actually covered uh, Rebeus on the Valentine's Day show called, uh, the episode was called Love is in the Air. So if you want to hear more about raspberry beers in general, I'd suggest you go back and listen to that episode. But we've asked our Brit brothers here to talk about that one if they uh, want to review it for today. Juliana, a resident beer historian, plus her uncanny ability to not screw things up as much as Dave, is going to cover some background on Founders Brewing Company. What? Good luck. Yeah, and just for that, <laughs> I'll probably screw up everything. Um, okay, so Mike Stevens and Dave Engbers both had steady jobs when they decided to chase their dreams and open up a brewery, which meant writing a business plan, quitting their jobs, and taking out giant loans fun huh they figured if you're going to live life you ought to live it hard and without regrets so according to embers founders started out well before 1997 the partners met during their undergraduate years at hope college in holland michigan Engberts had been brewing, or homebrewing rather, since he was 19, and Stevens started soon after he graduated from college. Stevens became consumed with homebrewing, and he drew up a business plan with the goal of eventually opening up a brewery. But he ran into some trouble 
fine uh, securing financing so he worked at his family's business in the interim <clears throat> yeah really stevens bided his time waiting for his chance to turn his hobby into a career so flash forward a few years later in 1994 that chance came about Angbers, who graduated from Hope two years after Stevens, was working as an elementary school teacher. But during his first summer off from work, he quickly realized that having too much free time every summer just wasn't for him. So his then-girlfriend knew he wanted to get into the craft brewing business and pushed him to act upon that. Soon afterwards, Stevens received a phone call from his own college buddy. They had a brief conversation about starting the business and became partners. <clears throat> and that is when Founders was unofficially born. Well, wait a second. I keep on thinking about this conversation between his you know, wife or girlfriend. It's like, honey, please stop teaching the kids and go brew some beer. <laughs> I think being around that many kids would probably make anybody want some would beer, you, though. Would you call that a supportive moment? <laughs> Very. <laughs> An intervention. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue, Juliana. <laughs> After some initial cha- challenges due to making well-balanced but unremarkable beers, they were on the verge of bankruptcy in 1997. It was at this point that the original founders team decided to brew the kind of beer that got them excited about brewing in the first place. That complex, in-your-face ale with huge aromatics, big body, and tons of flavor. In, an, in a 2014 article in Inc. magazine, Mike Stevens talks about how this moment was a catalyst to change the business model for founders. They decided to stop chasing the market and competing with similar beers. The beer that broke the old cycle was Dirty Bastard that was introduced at the 2002 Extreme Beer Festival to much industry acclaim. It still took them 10 years of brewing to finally be able to be in the black financially, but believe me, it was worth it. The Founders family, a group of passionate beer enthusiasts, has grown around the simple philosophy. We don't brew beer for the masses. Instead, our beers are crafted to be for a chosen few, a small cadre of renegades and rebels who enjoy a beer that pushes the limits of what is commonly accepted as taste. In short, we make beer for people just like us. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Juliana. Uh, Steve has some more background on uh, Founders and how they're doing in the marketplace. We're, we're really happy over here in the UK to have great American beer um, like Founders available and we're really grateful as well to, to the Founders UK rep for getting these beers to us to be able to feature on the show this evening. Um, they've got over 475 different beers indexed on Untapped. That's a ticker's dream really there to be able to go through all those beers and they sell 300,000 barrels of beer each year. Their distribution hits 13 countries, 28 states in the US and reaching an even broader audience with a secondary distribution founders is hovering around the top 10 mark by volume for u.s craft beer a recent expansion is coming online with a 35 million investment to expand capacity to 900,000 barrels now mahui san miguel based in spain very um, purchase is it mahui mahoi 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 there's a lot of effect it well Let's, let's go with Mahui. Mahui San Miguel, they're, they're based in Spain, purchased 30% of founders in 2014. Um, Mahui San Miguel has an extensive national beer portfolio, which includes category leaders such as uh, Mahui Cinco Estrella, 
San Miguel Especial, Alabama Reserve, 1925, San Miguel ECO, and Spain's first organic beer. The, the brewery also contributes a wide range of quality international beers in Spain, as well as as a result of agreements with partners such as Carlsberg and Varsteiner. Wow. Thank you very much, uh, Steve, for a Brit. You actually did an okay job of that. Thank you very much. It's always nice to uh, get a backhanded compliment from an American. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Dave has our fun fact on Dave for today. Well, you can't spell fun fact without Dave. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the fun fact is that Dave Ingbar's first craft beer was Mendocino County Red Rail Ale, which I've had and is good, uh, when he was visiting his brother in California. Wow, how about that? Kind of interesting. I also have... I'm not going to go out on a limb and call these fun facts. I will call them useless facts. Uh, there are no Grand Rapids in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So if you're planning a trip to Grand Rapids, Michigan to see some rapids, don't. <laughs> However, just as a side note, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan is, in fact, home to the quote-unquote undefeated boxer Floyd Money Mayweather. How do you say that right? Floyd Money Mayweather! I think you have to say, like, who's that guy who ripped me off for a hundred bucks in that (laughs) pay-per-view? Yeah, totally. Uh, Who brought home a staggering $180 million when he beat Manny Pacquiao, who brought home a staggering $120 million for losing a fight. (laughs) So that's a lot of dough, and maybe Floyd will invest it into his community and install some Grand Rapids in (laughs) Grand Rapids, Michigan. Have a little plaque right there, you know. These rapids restored by... Floyd money Mayweather right right, right there so Uh, very cool well uh, some really uh, great background on um, founders itself so um, we have a couple more minutes here Um, you guys uh, have really enjoyed a good distribution of founders there in the UK as well right it's it's a growing distribution yes so you know that's really great that uh you know, really high quality craft beer like uh, U.S. craft beer like this is available, you know, widely. And that's uh, one of the reasons why, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this show is that it's not just like one or two of their beers as well. I mean, the, nearly the whole flight of what we are talking about today is has really very broad distribution. So um, I'm glad you guys have it. So um, do you find it on tap at all in any of the pubs there in the U.K.? Uh, fr- infrequently on on tap um a lot of the good bottle shops and online distributors will frequently have uh founders beers available um you've got to be in the right bar at the right time to find it on tap though mm-hmm. um in, in fact one of one of the beers that just this week has literally lit um the the, the twitter sphere alight is is the availability of kbs mm. in the uk at the moment there's a number of bottled shops that are supplying that and it's in it's in short supply as as well well it is in short supply here in the states <laughs> yeah. as well and that yeah. is one of the beers that will actually uh hopefully if we'll have time today we'll actually cover it i'm usually not a fan of 
discussing and rating whales, things you just are never going to find. But <clears throat> this is uh, one of those products that I think it's, uh, while we're talking about founders, I think it would be rude if you didn't even mention that beer because it is uh, a very powerful uh, part of their lineup and uh, certainly drives an awful lot of buzz, um, you know, is in the middle of the release as well. So um, the other thing that uh, I was going to ask about is, uh, so their distribution um, is, or their packaging is also changing as well. And we actually talked about this a little before we flipped on the mics, is that the um, uh, several of their beers are actually moving to cans. Mm. And uh, so the beers that we have here uh, in the U.S. studio were all bottles. But you guys actually have a couple in cans, right? Yeah, we have the Centennial IPA in cans, and we have the All Day IPA in cans. Yeah, so uh, I think they're definitely changing things up and want to expand, you know, some of their packaging to uh, both to increase some of their distribution as well as, you know, allow you know their products to go in some places that actually don't permit bottles. So there are a lot of places that mm-hmm. you can't bring glass in, you know, uh, into those venues. So that's the reason why uh, cans are are can expand distribution naturally as well so there's a big canned movement in in the uk right now as well all of the craft breweries are looking at cans um obviously you know cans have massive benefits over bottles in terms of how they keep the beer fresh and how how they keep it as the brewer intended The, the interesting thing for me though is is that your um us cans give you 25 mil more beer than, than we get in our UK cans. Well, it's because you're um, using the wrong measurement system. <laughs> yeah, but no, the cans the cans are visibly bigger as, as well. And, so and that's, 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 that's America, buddy. Yeah, if you were using the US measurement system, you wouldn't be shorted. Yeah. Everything bigger and better than anyone yeah, else. Right. I'm actually six foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> Only when he's drunk. A six pack. Yeah. yeah, right. In my mind. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, the other thing I wanted to chat about was the 475 beers uh, that I noticed on Untap. So, I will tell you that they are doing some very strange things with some of their beers. I mean, I saw one that was infused with kale. Kale. K-A-L-E. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, they have this uh, new series uh, from founders called the Backdoor uh, series where they're Kind of doing a lot of one-off uh, barrel or blendings, um, and I think there's you mean backstage. Backstage, thank you. <laughs> Let's get out of the back door. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know where my mind was drifting. Obviously, the back door. <laughs> wow, this, that's a different episode. This is not family friendly. <laughs> if you were to listen to the back door episode, it's on. Uh, it's it's the one around the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> it's and on the Spice it. Channel. And, and Drew leans to the microphone and goes, "I love me some backdoor." So anyway, we're not going to repeat that whole conversation. Back to backstage. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, new and innovative blends that they're putting out, and uh, there was actually a tap takeover uh, very recently where they had a bunch of the backstage versions. <laughs> See, I got that right that time, Dave. So. Well, uh, so you should definitely uh, check out what's in your market. Um, hopefully, everything we're talking about today you can get a hold of. And uh, we're going to take a segment break. We'll be right back. We'll start talking about these beers and rating them up and uh, having more fun. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today we have a brewery takeover edition of Founders Brewing Company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're going to be going over and picking our top two picks out of this flight, and then we're going to discuss the rest of the beers, maybe one by one, if there's uh, anything left after that. So here's that list once again, uh, in case Dave's fun facts obliterated your memory from about ten minutes ago. You don't think you had that effect on anybody, Dave? I, I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> what plan? I, I think he's possibly half the UK listener base again. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, we're drinking beer today, man. I remember right. facts. I don't remember fun. <laughs> so here's that list once again. All Day IPA, Session Ale, um, Centennial IPA, Founders Porter, Pale Ale, uh, Dirty Bastard, Rebeus, Blushing Monk, Conundrum Old Ale are the beers that we're going to go over for this round up here. So, all right, so we're going to go around and uh, uh, we're going to cover things up first. It's going to be good old gal Juliana with her top two picks. So, as no surprise to those who listen to me over the years, um, my first beer of choice is the Porter. Ooh, the Porter. Lots of flavor on that. <clears throat> so, Founders Porter. Here's the description from Founders on this. It pours silky black with a company, a creamy, not, uh, not a company. A company a cr- tan head? <laughs> a company of heads. Yeah. A cre- <laughs> just uh, More beer, please. A creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel malt presence. There's no absence of hop. Uh, gives Founders Robust Porter the full flavor you deserve and expect. It's a cozy like velvet. It's a lover, not a fighter. Just like me. <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan of porters and stouts in general, and that tends to be what I brew the best um, when I'm home brewing. But this porter, first of all, it's it's a big memory thing for me because this was the first Founders beer I ever tried um, many years ago. But besides that, it's, it's just got this great flavor. It's malty, it's roasty, it's chocolatey. And the longer you leave it out, the more, and as it warms up, the more the flavors open up and it's a really wonderful beer. And I give it a five. Ooh, a five. How about that? <coughs> Listen to hang time. Give me another. Wow. Right off the bat with lots of flavor. What's uh, up next for you, Julio? Number two would be the Dirty Bastard. Oh, how about that? The Scotch Ale, right off the bat. Founder's flagship beer, Dirty Bastard, is an absolute beautiful beer to behold. Deep ruby in color and brewed with ten varieties of imported malts, the beer continuously lives up to its reputation as a bold and powerful ale. Dirty Bastard is complex with fresh, I'm sorry, with a finish with hints of smoke and peat paired with malty richness. Uh, finalized with a good bit of hop attitude, the beer ain't for the wee lads. The ABV on this, 8.5%. You're tasting notes on this, Juliana. So this one was just a full of flavor. It was like a party in my mouth. It was very malty for obvious reasons. Um, lots of toffee and caramel and um, dark fruits, like especially raisiny. I got a lot out of this one. Um, there was a really slight smoky peat flavor but very subtle and in the background and it wasn't until like the finish where i got a bit of that um overall though a really good classic style and this one i gave a four 
four as well. How about that? The body should really not make that sound. Well, uh, thank you, Juliana, for uh, your reviews of your top two picks. Thank you. Hey, next up is uh, Steve with his top two picks from Founders. Okay, so first up, this is going to come as no surprise to the UK fan base that's tuning into tonight's show. Um, the Centennial IPA. Wow. It's, nice. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's a hot bomb in a can. It's a canned hot bomb. It's a nano keg. It's everything that you want from a big American IPA. Um, I was absolutely blown away by this. Big flavors um, in there, aromas, there's some lemon, there's some mango, there's some other citrus fruits coming through. Um, on the flavor, there's some sweet resins coming through. There's a long, dry citrus finish and this big, big hoppy flavor. It's absolutely stunning. It's exactly what I want from a 7.2% IPA in a can. It's, um, it's just spot on. Perfect for me. Hmm. Nice. And your Suds rating is? I'm going to have to go for a five on that one. Wow, how about that? Listen, hang time, give me another. Nice, nice. Cool. Uh, what's up next for you, Steve? Um, much the same as Juliana, actually. The the, the dirty bastard. Yes! And, and I do love a <laughs> dirty bastard. Um, I, I've got to say, um, listening to your description of it previously, I got no smoke or peat on the flavour. What I did get was a very sweet aroma. There's some dark toffee and caramel in there. The look of it, the smell of it, it's just, it's really inviting. It really draws you in. It's got a lovely smooth finish to it. It's like a, a multi caramel biscuit um, mm. with, with flavours of dark fruits in there. It's just perfect it's a it's a stunning beer hmm. and your suds rating on that is i'm gonna give that one a four out of five all right four the body should really not make that sound cool huh up next is good old boy dave with his top two picks all right so my first pick is blushing monk Ooh, wow i'm sorry that's the wrong button there dave. that's your uh Get your back door story open there. <laughs> well, Founders Backstage Series 1, Blushing Monk. See, I did it just for you, just like that. <laughs> so here's a description from Founders on this. It's uh, brewed with a ridiculous amount of raspberries and with a Belgian yeast strain that keeps their head seller operator from uh, sleeping for a week. It pours a stunning deep berry and has an ABV of 9.2% with a surprising kick. This is the perfect dessert beer. Uh, can only be enjoyed on its own and paired with uh, fresh cheeses, fruit, cakes, and more. Not fruit cakes, but fruits, cakes, and more. Wow. Backdoor fruit cakes. Where, where's, this, where's this show going, man? <laughs> Definitely down the tubes. So, I should say down the rapids. There you go. So um, what I like about this beer is uh, it, it it is a big beer, but it doesn't drink like a big beer. It, it's... It's a fruit beer, but it's not cloyingly sweet. It's it reminds me of Rubius, uh, but without the overly sweet tones that you get from that beer. So what I get on the front end is the raspberry. It's uh, tart, a um, little bit of sweetness, but it's very balanced. And then the the Belgian yeast strain comes out at the very back end. I think this is a beer that people who want to try Belgians, um, fruit lambics, things like that, 
Um, I think they could approach this beer and find it very appealing. So I give it a four. Four. How about that? A <clears throat> body should really not make that sound. Uh, so what else is in your top two pick there, Dave? So my second beer is actually the Founders Pale Ale. Huh. How about that? Interesting choice. Uh, so the Founders Pale Ale, a testament to the Cascade Hop in the bottle, a medium-bodied pale ale with a distinctive floral hop, aroma, and refreshing citrus flavor. You'll notice a slight malty sweetness with a balanced hop finish, perfect to enjoy anytime, anywhere. So what I like about this beer is that, you know, everyone is focused on IPAs these days. You know, um, the, the all-day IPA is a great uh, session IPA. The Centennial IPA is very strong, very robust beer, very hoppy. People tend to forget about pale ales. They're very, you know, easy to drink. They're balanced. Um, they should be, there should be a good balance between the hop and the malt. Uh, not overly bitter and, and not a hop bomb. And this is exactly that. It's not a West Coast. You can definitely tell that. It's just a nice, easy drinking, Midwestern, you know, heart of America pale ale. Hmm. And I would give it a four. Uh, four uh, as well. Uh, body should really not make that sound. <laughs> Interesting choices. So uh, we'll swing around to me, good boy Mike, uh, my top two picks here and my tasting notes. So um, my top pick is uh, Centennial IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, just. Uh, uh, you know, I really, th- I, I love the way that Steve described this. Um, just, um, I love the uh, the presentation of the hop itself. I mean, Centennial is really great. Uh, you know, the one thing I love about this, this is actually a BJCP reference standard um, beer that uh, a lot of times when we're sitting down and judging beers, this is one of those beers that I definitely, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what hop profiles in this and definitely wakes you up rather quick. And I'm like, mm, yep, this totally centennial not mosaic no <laughs> so those two are a little close for me and and i think that's one of the reasons why i like you know this one um so uh really great balance uh balance um it's maybe just a little bit bitter forward um you know in terms of the balance but i just love this and uh i'm a little jealous that steve had it in a can because i actually like this one in a can a little bit better i just i think you you pop that top and pour it, and that first, you know, one minute of that beer in that glass, that's just heaven. Totally. It's, it's like the brewer intended. It really is, you know. Uh, so I really love that. My sedge rating is a four for uh, Centennial IPA. A body should really not make that sound. So uh, also up in my top two is going to be a, a Conundrum Old Ale. Um, you know, just a... I don't know if I'm just a sucker for really great old ales. Um you know i just uh there's everything i loved about this um it's just right there uh, if i wrote like three perfect words about old ale it would be the ones i wrote for this it was just sublime subtle and bitter that's it you know and old ales are not incredibly complicated they're a little bit like pilsners or um triples where you know mm-hmm. um they're very easy to make but they're so easy to screw up and that's what I really love about this is I just uh, I love everything around this. My suds rating for Conundrum Ale is a four as well. Uh, Did you like it better when it was cold and we first opened it, or later on as it warmed up? 
Well, I think old ales, uh, you know, are probably better when uh, they come up to uh, room temperature. Um, yeah. So I, I probably enjoyed this one a little bit better. You know, actually, I didn't read the commercial description for a con- uh, conundrum here. So let me... Uh, curmudgeon. 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 <laughs> really? I wrote it down wrong? Curmudgeon. Yeah. What Juliana said. <laughs> that old ale from Founders. <laughs> so uh, here's their uh, commercial description, which I skipped. This old ale conjures up... That's why it says, you know, I'm thinking curmudgeon and the conjure. Anyway, the old ale conjures up thoughts of a classic seafaring port. Uh, the uh, their local pubs and the weathered fishermen and the uh, that frequent them in traditional style curmudgeon. See, I said it right. That's nice. It's brute. Yeah, I know. With enough beer, anything's possible, Dave. Uh, <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> it's brewed with an intense focus on uh, the malt bill, uh, creating a very strong, rich, malty characteristic, and the sweetness um, is indicative of its uh, cousin, the barley wine. We're especially proud of the balance in this beer, making it deceptively smooth and drinkable at 9.8% alcohol by volume. So, um, they actually do some interesting things with this, actually uh, dropping in bourbon barrels. Um, and I really love uh, you know some of the, the barrel-age versions of uh, this as well. Fairly typical for somebody to take a base old ale and play around with it, you know, with a lot of different aging characteristics as well as blends, you know, coming off it as well, so... What um, should we do with this batch of curmudgeon? I don't know. That's a conundrum. Let's uh, <laughs> let's combine it with kale. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm glad. Uh, and I didn't artificially pick that one. I mean, I just that was definitely in my uh, top two. I mean, I really uh, I loved everything about it. Next up is uh, good old boy Mark with his top two picks. Yeah, so my top two are actually quite close. My number one, though, is the all-day IPA Session Ale. Wow. Yes. Great beer. Yeah. So uh, here's a quick description of uh, all-day IPA from from founders here. The beer that you've been waiting for um, keeps your taste satisfied while keeping you your senses sharp. An all-day IPA naturally brewed with a complex array of malts, grains, and hops. Balance for optimal aromatic and clean finish, the perfect reward for an honest day's work, and the ultimate companion to celebrate life's simple pleasures. Your tasting notes on this, Mark. Uh, well, anyone who's listened to our show know that I'm not a huge fan of the really hoppy stuff. Mm. But um, this brings through all the flavors that you would expect from a well-hopped beer. 4.7%. Um, it's really easy. The aroma from the hops is just... It just doesn't stop. <laughs> um, it's lovely and sweet. From a can, as fresh as you like. I've had it on bottle before, but the can just knocks it away. Just a and great, your suds just a great rating on beer. All day IPA. Yeah. And your suds rating. I'm going to give that a four. A four? How about that? Uh, uh, a body should really not make that sound. Uh, what's your next pick there, good old boy Mark? Um, like Juliana, I'm going to go for the porter. Wow, how about that? Nice. <clears throat> Very popular and a lot of flavor in that. Your tasting yeah. notes on the porter. Um, it's everything I love in a porter. You get the smokiness through there. It's really thick on the palate. Silky smooth. Um, you know, it just keeps its character all the way through the glass. It's just a lovely example of a porter. I'm really impressed. Mm. And your suds rating on the porter is? I'm going to give that a four as well. Four as well. How about that? 
A body should really not make that sound. Uh, so, uh, I think one follow-up question I had around the porter uh, for, especially for Juliana, we actually happen to have you know one of the better porters that's made right here in the U.S. that's available here in the Southeast U.S. from Blackstone. Um, you like this better than the Blackstone? I do. Hmm. I uh, do. And I, I think it's just because the fullness of this porter isn't as crisp, if you will, as the St. Charles Porter. Um, the St. Charles Porter tends to be a drier porter yeah. in general. I like this one because of the fullness of the flavor, and it's it's so it silky smooth. It still doesn't have that roly-poly uh, Tootsie Roll, you know, uh, flavor profile for me, so... Okay. But it's still good. I just think you're right. Uh, I think this one is actually a bit on the drier side. Um... And I think some of the Baltic uh, porters that we've had, I think, is a little bit closer to this one from Founders. Sure, yeah. sure. But then in the Baltic, you're expecting to get you're more dark to, fruitiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's a difference in porter lovers. Some like it, you know, drier and roastier, and some like a, a richer flavor, if you will. Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, very interesting choices for our uh, top t- two picks as uh, we went around there. So. We will take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. We'll talk about a little bit more of some of the other beers that we have not chatted about. So we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today, this is a Suds episode. We have a brewery takeover edition of Founders Brewing Company. We have some uh, friends joining us from Beer O'Clock, Mark and Steve, joining Juliana and Dave and myself. We've gone through a quick round of our top two of this uh, flight from Founders that we're talking about today. We have a couple of beers that we're going to chat about. Um, Then we're going to do another quick round robin of uh, anything else we didn't get to talk about as well. So one of the beers we didn't talk about was uh, Rebeus. And um, uh, this was a beer we actually, again, we actually reviewed uh, here on Subsets and Smokes for the Valentine's uh, Love is in the Air show. Where you use the word backdoor a lot. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but uh, I did want to give a chance for Mark and Steve to offer up their uh, tasting notes. Uh, Steve, your tasting notes on Rebeus. Uh, I'm really enjoying the Rebeus. It's um, got hints of fruits on the nose. Um, just just hints. It doesn't give too much away on, on, on the nose point of view. And, and then you, you start drinking it and it's got this really sweet flavor to it. And the fruit flavors are coming through. It's far too easy to to drink this is one that you could very much sit in your back garden on a sunny afternoon and you'd easily lose an afternoon drinking this beer um it's very much a fruit beer um i'm I'm not getting any sour from it it's um but i am enjoying the fruitiness of it um it's an incredible beer i'd I'd probably give that you you don't do half ratings do you um okay well you're making me you're making me choose now um i'm I'm gonna go for a three on this then okay ah what a relief and uh we declared this beer a total official chick beer yes right yes yeah (laughs) absolutely not there is no such thing as a chick beer just please uh 
throw your pinky in the air. That's the only thing we ask. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way we drink. <laughs> Mark, your tasting notes on uh, Rebeas. Oh, I'm going to echo much of what Steve said, really. It's really easy. I mean, it's, what, 5.7%? Something mm. along those lines? Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. We'll go for far, it. Far, far too easy for a 5.7%. It doesn't even taste like beer. Mm. It just goes down like raspberry cordial. It's really, really nice. And like Steve said, I could sit in the garden. I don't even have a garden, but I'll sit in someone else's garden yeah. and drink this all afternoon. <laughs> Come and sit in my garden, mate. You can come sit in my garden and drink this chick beer all day long. Bring the pinky up. Yep. Bring some girls. Or pink. <laughs> it wasn't very pink. That was the thing I found about. I I was expecting more pink from it, um, but on on the color of the beer, it wasn't wasn't pink enough. <laughs> so, what's your suds rating on this, Mark? I'm going to give this a four. A four. Uh, nice. Uh, a body should really not make that sound. You know, see, he just said it with authority. It wasn't torn at all. See, it's all things are possible there, Steve. You know, I, I can't help it. I was, I was, I was sad. I was on three point five, um, and and you, you forced you forced my position, and I ended up giving it a three. The last guy to uh, do have uh, ratings was uh, Good Old Boy Jim, and yeah. uh, we almost threatened to ban him from the show. So you know. You don't want that to happen. Banned once again. Mark heard you uh, beat Steve up so bad, so he's like, I'm going to pick one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're forced to wear pink and sit on your back deck and drink uh, three bottles of Rebeas <laughs> with your pinky in the ear. I would happily do that. And I'd, I'd, I'd happily video it and people can watch it on YouTube or, or however they get their kicks. <laughs> ah, you can love it. Well, so uh, the other beer that uh, we wanted to chat about uh, is a beer that uh, has very limited distribution. Um, it is uh, a very uh, small uh, release called uh, Kentucky Breakfast Stout, uh, otherwise known as KBS. So uh, this is a, a beer that is generally released, um, I think it's just once a year now. Is yeah. it just in the spring, guys? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is a beer you got to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that's going to hold a bottle back uh, for you at, at your uh, at your beer store. Um, although uh, the one thing that I liked about this particular year's release is they actually dropped several in kegs, and there were a lot of uh, uh, a lot of parties, at least here in the U.S., where you could go and pick up uh, fresh you know fresh glass of this. Of course, it was like twenty dollars for an eight ounce sample. <laughs> you know, just crazy. Um, but uh, your tasting notes on uh, KBS, Juliana. God bless. This is beautiful. And I'm so excited that, you know, some people in England will be able to try this um, if they haven't tried it already. It is. So Breakfast Stout is a founder's beer that we did not taste today, but is in my like top 10 of all time. Love that stuff. Not to mention the logo. The logo is pretty cool looking too um it's a baby it is a baby <laughs> oh yeah labels totally make the beer yeah they do <laughs> as in previous episodes yeah Noted. like against the grade Ex that's exactly what i was <laughs> thinking best brown ever yep exactly but besides that then once you throw a kentucky barrel onto a good old-fashioned like standard stout this thing is just like a vanilla bomb. It is so thick hmm. and luscious and flavorful. And I can't wait for you guys in England to try it. It's absolutely fabulous. Mm. You're saturating. 
Oh, God bless. It's a five. Mm. I figured as much. Doesn't that hang time give me another? Not a chick beer. <laughs> Dave, no. your, uh, your tasting notes on uh, KBS from Founders. Well, it's hard to follow all that. I mean, <laughs> I think she had a special moment. Uh, Harry, <laughs> and Harry met Sally. Um, but, um, no, it's very thick, very viscous. Uh, it, it lingers on your tongue. Uh, there is a lot of vanilla. There's a, a nice bitter finish to it um, after it sits for a while. Um, so wait, it, which one's good? Is it one or five? Which which is the best one? Um, yeah, I'll give it a five. <laughs> five. How about that? Listen, to hang time. Give me another. So. Uh, this my uh, tasting notes here on uh, KBS. Uh, pretty quickly, uh, it's very booze forward, um, kind of chocolate bitter. Um, you know, uh, the one thing that I would add is I just don't think this is worth you know uh, everything you have to go through to get this. Sometimes, I've had some other uh, some other things in this class of beer that you know don't have some of these availability issues, and uh, I actually probably like them a little bit more. Two years ago, this was all the rage. And I don't think that there was a lot of things like this, you know, available in the market. Now, I just really think that, you know, this space of having things um, are is really, I won't say crowded, but I think the thought of uh, the premium price you pay for just the product itself as well as, you know, all mm-hmm. of the, uh, everything you have to do to actually find it. Um I mean, it's great. I mean, if it's at you know, if it's in your town or available, what I tell you to pick up a bottle and try it, absolutely. You know, it's it is good. Um, what I tell you to do a three way trade, you know, with somebody from Canada, you know, shipping it through the UK to you know have it arrive, you know, at your doorstep, and you know, give up uh, you know five six packs, you know, in order to trade. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Um, but uh, so there's definitely uh, some some things I think on the market that. Are definitely in, the, in the, competing in this space. Even with that said, this is still a really great beer. I give it a solid four. Uh, uh, Body should really not make that sound. So, um, uh, so I love uh, as part of the discussion we had with uh, with Steve uh, during the break was uh, we were talking about uh, all day IPA. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot uh, I forgot how the rest of that conversation went. Oh wait, wasn't it the pale? Oh, the yeah. pale ale. That it was, was it. Yeah. It was yeah. indeed the yes. pale ale. He yeah. wants to right. give yeah. us his uncensored version. Oh, that's of, it. Yeah. Right. You we mentioned talking, something about the FCC. He was asking me, you know, uh, can we? What can we say? You know, on your American radio, and I said you can't say any of the FCC. You know, nine dirty words, and and uh, so we uh, <laughs> we sentenced him that he's going to have to sit on his back deck and drink like three bottles of Rebeus. <laughs> 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 but you did not like the pale ale, right? It, it's it's not that I didn't like it. It's just it just wasn't to my tastes. Um, it I'm trying to think of a way of describing this now that we'll get through. It tasted like a wet dog's private parts. <laughs> not that, that I've had experience of that. Now, now my <laughs> question would be: How does how he do you know, know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, the minute that came out of the mouth, I, well, the boys are messing. Yeah. Oh, that is too funny, man. 
It went down to private parts. You British guys, man. I'm telling you, we when can't you get, make this stuff you up. You get some man. beers in you. The things <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. What get, does that get, sound get. like? I need to get that sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dog growling. <laughs> no, I just, I just really didn't enjoy it. It just wasn't for me. Um, yeah, I, I can't say any more than that, really. <laughs> I think I've already said enough. What would your sex rating on that then? That that'd be a one. A one. Wow. How about that? That sex give me anything but a bite. Uh, okay. Any other beers that uh, you wanted to talk about, Juliana? Well, okay. This past remark aside, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're saying you can't top the smell of what dogs, sort of privates would private you like parts? to talk about? <laughs> I can't. No. What I did want to say is that I. Overall, I think Founders has a really great portfolio. I mean, we pretty much covered every beer um, on this list, you know, that we drank. And essentially, with the few minor (laughs) um, things, they were essentially like a three or better, Hmm. you know, minus this one, one. Um, For people that have no Grand Rapids and Grand Rapids, they make good beer. They do. They do. (laughs) I I mean, and I, I think... You know, their distribution is very reasonable, and, um, you know, the fact that you can get it overseas as well, that's that's a great plus. And I think it's a good representation of, of a Midwestern company in the United States making a good variety of beers to cover the, the girliest of palates to the manliest of palates, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> uh, so what was your suds rating then? Overall, oh, I'm for sorry. The <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought, over found, over I thought you were talking about one particular yeah, beer there. No, you were just talking about over the whole, whole flight itself. Yeah. How yeah. would you rate the whole flight? How about that? We've never done that. Um, I think the whole flight in average would be about a four. Huh. About that. Yeah. We've never done that before. Yeah. No. Interesting. So, uh, Let's see, uh, Steve. What do you think about? Uh, were there any other beers that you wanted to talk about other than some other part of the dog? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid not. No. Um, just, the tra- just, just the one thing that the one that I haven't mentioned is probably the All Day IPA, which is a. Uh, it's an absolute favourite here in the UK uh, and different part of the, the dog. Yeah, very much a favourite in bottles and on tap when it's available. Um, But now being available in a can in the UK, as I said earlier on, um, this country is going mad for craft beer in a can at the moment. And this ticks a lot of boxes. It's the sort of beer that you can put in the picnic bag and go and sit and quite happily drink all afternoon. So the the all-day IPA, session IPA, 4.7%. You can't go much much wrong with that. Well, so uh, one thing I wanted to mention about that particular beer. So uh, these uh, have had a long release schedule. In fact, a lot of these beers have been around for quite a while. But the all-day IPA was something that they recently added to their lineup. And, you know, I, I guess I thought that that was something that was a little different for founders to do. Because I really thought of a lot of their beers as having... And I have my hands up. You guys can't see this. You know, this very full, you know, kind of full flavor, you know, in your face, you know, kind of styles. And for them to come out with a session style, I thought was was kind of interesting. And I remember the first time that I had this was actually on draft. And Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, 
Okay. So you can have uh, this full-blown, you know, hot profile without necessarily having a lot of the sweet back end that you would have, that they do in their regular pail as well. And I remember I ended up sitting there, and I think I had two full glasses, which is kind of unusual for me, of the same thing. Uh, That's how much I liked it. And I would say sometimes when I'm trapped in a place that they don't have like a huge, you know, range of things, and this is on tap, this is something I'll actually, you know, order uh, just on a one-off, you know, occasion. That's how much I really like the Aldi IPA. So, uh, actually, my suds rating for that was a three. Uh, so it was a solid three too, um, as well. So, uh, Dave, any uh, any other beers that you wanted to talk about? Um, let's see, we talked about that one. We talked about that one. <laughs> well, Dave is thinking about it. <laughs> Mark, were there any other beers that you wanted to chat about? Um, no, just echo somewhat Steve's comments about the pail, but without the dog bit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, did you want to choose a different part of the dog or a different animal? <laughs> so. I won't choose any animals whatsoever. Oh, okay. I don't go. Back <laughs> Can to I Dave. just separate myself He's from Steve's about comments and say, about. I'm originally from Australia, so I don't go in for the whole British. <laughs> um just like Steve said, I, I, f- I found it quite bland, but maybe it's the age of the beer in the bottle. I don't know when this one was actually bottled, so maybe it wasn't that fresh, but I wasn't a huge fan of the pale ale. Hmm. Interesting. Dave, you had a beer you wanted to chat about for a second. Well, I would just say about the um, curmudgeon, not conundrum, um, <laughs> that uh, when it was cold, and the reason I asked the question earlier was that when it was cold, I did not find it enjoyable at all it was all bitter um and alcohol but as it opened up and it, and it warmed i found that uh, a lot of the malt and a lot of the complexity and flavor came out so um like you said some beers you should enjoy more at as they approach room temperature than uh, when they're cold hmm. how about that <clears throat> um well, um, one quick note, and then we'll uh, wrap wrap up for today. Um, so, uh, definitely uh, check out these beers uh, as I see them uh, drifting through your market, um, for sure. And uh, there are a lot more beers from Founders. I'm sure this will not be the last conversation we have about Founders with, you know, that many varieties of beers, uh, for sure. So, a lot of great beers from Founders we did not talk about today, and I look forward to uh, covering those on future shows as well. Well, let's uh, wrap up our uh, show for today. Thanks to all our listeners here at Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud. Oh, wait. I forgot to fire something off. We have to uh, make sure we uh, play ourselves out with uh, British flutes, you know, because but of course. we wouldn't want to be invaded. You know, by the <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yes. Thanks to all of our listeners here at Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, the backside of Mark's Basement, <laughs> and the Spreaker, our native media host. They, they've threatened to kick us out every time we use the word backdoor. Anyway... Our terrestrial radio stations are questioning every moment that we actually invite the Brits to join us on any show, even though they're still choosing to pick us up and uh, are always expanding our base of uh, radio shows. So thank you very much. 
send them a British flag. Please sing God Save the Queen for them, and maybe they'll actually put us on your favorite radio station of choice. Definitely send them a note and copy us as well with that request. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipssudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our, uh, I really love the float, man. It's, it's working. <laughs> Uh, our Twitter uh, our Twitter handle is at Sipset Smoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Maybe I'll put some flute and drum music up on there this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sip, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings is a home for all your beer, wine, and mead needs. They're home of the mystery box. What's in it? <laughs> <laughs> you can reach them at www.craftbeerkings.com. Listen, do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Steve and Mark, uh, how can folks uh, catch up with you guys on Beer O'Clock? Yeah, you can find our website at beeroclockshow.co.uk or hook us hook up with us on Twitter at beeroclockshow. That's probably the easiest way of getting in touch. Super. I love listening to you guys, even though you are you know have those really funny fake British accents. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, nothing fake about it. It's an original <laughs> British accent. You card. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to thank my co-host for joining me today. Good old gal Juliana, thanks for joining us. Cheers, everybody. Good old boy Dave. And you can reach you online right now, too. Yep. Uh, yeah. How can they reach you online? Audio Kitty at Sip Sud Smoke. How about that? Good old boy Dave, thank you for uh, joining us today. Are we done yet? <laughs> and they can also reach you by sending you a large case of your favorite English ale, which is any English ale <laughs> at leave the cork in at sipsudsmokes.com. Excellent. Good old boy, Steve. Thank you for joining us. It's been the highlight of my week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he said that last time, didn't he? <laughs> Absolutely know that that could be true. That uh, might be my catchphrase. <laughs> Good old boy, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, this is good old boy, Mike, asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time.